Welcome to Paradigm Lovecast, a portal of thought leaders from around the world supporting and bridging a new paradigm of guidance, support, and practical embodiment tools to bridge the primal, the holy, and the cosmic to radically revolutionize reality. Welcome to episode four of Paradigm Love Cast. My name is Madeline Love, and I'm so delighted to come on here and share something that I feel really passionate about. And I'm particularly really, I feel like a heightened awareness around this in my life currently. And so what I want to talk today about is sobriety and living a tantric life and so many of you may associate tantra with just sexuality and many of you know that I do sexuality coaching and work with people in a lot of different ways around their sexuality and so when I'm speaking about living a tantric life today I'm not necessarily talking about the sexual aspect of tantra you know it's kind of like yoga A lot of people think about yoga as physical postures and what people call poses. Um, And in reality, the physical nature of yoga is called asana. And it's just one of eight limbs of yoga. And so yoga is really about life. Yoga is now. It's how we're showing up in our life. It's it's how we do life and and that's how I feel about Tantra as well and actually I look at Tantra as a type of a yoga it's a type of a life that we can choose to live through the sensory experience and through making love to life and allowing life to make love to us and so recently I had an experience that really brought about this awareness more deeply into my knowing and I recently had COVID and I lost my sense of smell and taste which for someone who lives a tantric life it was devastating for me and it brought in a lot of other awarenesses that were really powerful around understanding the sensory experience and how our senses are actually what brings in information into our whole entire system not just our physical but our emotional mental spiritual and that it's all connected you can't separate one without separating it from the others and so I just felt hyper aware that as I was eating food because my stomach was hungry because I couldn't smell or taste it I didn't feel like my body felt fully nourished it was really interesting and so it got me into really contemplating how much nourishment and information that we're digesting is actually also held in 
the other aspects of the sensory experience through our smell, through our taste. And I noticed that there was times that like, even as I was cooking this food, I could feel how nervous I was about my other sensory experiences being very heightened. Like I was, it was almost like there was this incoherence with me being afraid that I wasn't going to be able to feel the temperature of the food like burning me or something just because I couldn't smell or taste. It was very interesting to just notice that arising for me in that experience. And one of the things that was really interesting was um, one of my housemates, we were talking about the sense of smell and he was talking about how it's directly related to spirit to our spiritual side and and the spirit realm and it's interesting because one of my favorite books um, that I you know I talk a lot about and then I bring in transmissions from on this love cast is the gene keys and one thing that Richard Rudd shared in one of the gene keys is the understanding that our sense of smell is actually connected to our ability to smell out who our soul tribe is. Whether we are consciously or unconsciously doing that, it's what's occurring. And that it's through our sense of smell that we actually find our soul tribe. And, you know, when we think about pheromones and things like that, that our body are naturally giving off, it makes sense that we then are able to through the intelligence of our body through the intelligence of our of our senses be able to resonate and feel resonance with other people who are also resonating at a similar frequency and so i was in contemplation today about sobriety and how my path and journey of sobriety is what has allowed me to become more aware of my sensory experience and being fully in my body, being able to be more present with life, with all of the different sensory experiences that come with that. And one of the things that came in for me today was just like a a a random remembrance of how the first time that I realized that when I went into a sexual experience with my husband after drinking alcohol that I actually couldn't feel my body I couldn't orgasm and I just remember that being so perplexing to me and realizing like oh wow okay, it's interesting that alcohol can allow me to lower my inhibitions and I can feel more fully able to express myself in this aspect of my sexuality and my feminine power with him because I'm drinking alcohol, yet my body can't feel sensation and the connection with him energetically that I'm used to experiencing. And that was just a really profound realization for me. And, 
you know, I grew up with parents and grandparents that were addicts. Both sides of my family were alcoholics. And when I was little, my mom drank quite a bit. At some point, she um, decided to choose a sober life as well when I was about seven years old. And so I mainly grew up with my mom, who was living a sober life in most ways, and my dad, who was an alcoholic until he died. And, you know, going through the experience of witnessing both of those polarities just really taught me a lot. I was able to witness a lot of different things, a lot of ways different energetics were streaming into our reality and causing chaos and destruction or energetics that were streaming into the reality that were really harmonious and coherent and creating miracles in our life. And I got to experience kind of the contrast of both of those energies to really bring me into a deeper state of awareness of how energies operate, not just through the body, but through the multidimensional realm that's ultimately creating resonance or incoherence and and continually creating more of whatever is held in the energetic field and I had moments when I was younger of feeling this deep need to be sober you know whether that was me witnessing you know what I thought my dad was taking his last breath in front of me when I was 17 and the way that that impacted me and I just knew like I will never do this to my children um you know and going on a pretty interesting period of time in my life of not drinking alcohol and being surrounded by that around my friends and family and feeling the pressures socially you know that came from that like the people that I was surrounding myself with it was like they were either drinking alcohol or smoking weed and there was just there was always substance some sort of substance that was happening that was connecting people in community and I always thought that that was really fascinating and I felt you know at the time because I was young I just I felt pressures to be doing those things to be a part of what was occurring to be a part of my the circle of friends socially and when I went through my first divorce I got into a recovery program that was for hurts habits and hang-ups and it was a Christ-based recovery program and even though I didn't feel like I had necessarily like a, a quote-unquote substance addiction um, I did need help in recovering from a lot of trauma in my life that I never actually dealt with and it was like the more that I was there in this environment and understanding you know um, denial and understanding like the ways in which my actions have impacted others and in, in my life or these other things that experience that I experienced how they impacted me and what were the coping mechanisms and strategies that I adopted in my life to to cope with those experiences I began this journey around becoming more aware of myself 
and how my personas and these constructs around my personality actually weren't me. They were architected through my experiences in my life, architected through my social conditioning, through my family conditioning, and it was just a really deep, a deeper discovery around who I was. And a few years into my recovery journey, I met who then became my second husband at the time. And one of the things that me and him connected on was with alcohol. And I wouldn't necessarily say that I was, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was an alcoholic, but I was definitely open to drinking quite socially, quite often. And I did notice at the beginning of that relationship that anytime that he would come over, he would always bring beer with him. And I didn't really, I didn't really like look at that as a red flag at the time, even though I should have. Um, I was unaware of the ways in which unintegrated wounds with my father were playing themselves out in this relationship and how I actually attracted somebody that was so much like my dad in so many ways and that was actually why I was attracted to him and I and I actually knew that but I it was endearing to me it didn't feel um unhealthy at the time but it's because I wasn't aware I wasn't aware of of myself in the way that I am now and so after getting into another marriage, I very quickly realized um, that his relationship with cannabis and with alcohol was actually causing an incoherence in our relationship, and it felt like that was his mistress. And after another couple years went by, we we started to energetically um, separate in different ways. And it was around the time that Standing Rock was happening with the pipeline. And that was around the time that I decided to get sober because I was expressing certain things about what was occurring to my husband. And and he couldn't connect with me. He couldn't... He couldn't see where my heart was and why I was passionate about the water (laughs) and it just it felt so fundamental and foundational to me as a human being and that was when I decided okay I need to get really clear in my own sovereignty in my own body and I pulled away from alcohol and cannabis and I just I decided to just get really clear in my body And because I did that, that was one of the ways in which me and him foundationally were connecting in our relationship was through alcohol and cannabis. And, you know, we had just had a baby that year and moved to a new town and bought a house and opened a yoga studio. And so it was like the more that I began to come more into my own energetic sovereignty and release any of these substances that were actually, you know, working through my body and, and kind of siphoning some of my life force energy, 
I began to awaken in different ways because I was in a greater expression of my sensory experience in my body. I could feel when there was energies coming from my husband that didn't feel resonant with me. And my body would tell me, it was my body as, you know, our our body is our original GPS system. You know, back in the day before we had phones and all this technology and we lived in tribes of people, it was those who were deeply connected to the elements and the earth and their bodies you know and the and the wind and the how the wind would speak to them and the animals and the earth and all the elements would speak to us through our body to tell us when danger was coming when we needed to leave a certain land to go to a certain place and we've just lost that because we're we're in a world that's full of distractions that's full of disassociation that is full of disconnecting us from the earth which is what we are we're a part of the earth we're not separate from it and that's where I see the biggest disconnection is for humanity is actually in disconnecting from the mother and the more that I connected with the earth the more that I connected with my body and I let go of these coping strategies that were subtly numbing out these incoherences within this relationship that I couldn't necessarily feel before but I began to feel more strongly I began to come back into more of my feminine essence that intuitive part of me that could tell me when something was off more clearly because I was clear I was clearing my body I was clearing my channel and the more that I stepped into my soul level gifts, which began to look like doing energy work with people and um, expanding my gifts around my psychic abilities and beginning to do Akashic record readings for people and soul blueprint readings for people and helping people, you know, understand what entities are and ghosts and how they attach themselves and different choices that we make in past lives or this lifetime that are creating these karmic looping patterns and how we can clear those out and make new choices to create new patterns moving forward not just for us but for our ancestors and our future bloodline the more that I began to align to the truth of who I was, the more my entire reality started collapsing and crumbling that was created in that old energy. And that's what I'm seeing is happening a lot, not only in my life now, here I am four and a half years later, and there's a whole nother iteration of that happening now as I continually become more in alignment with the truth of who I am, which looks like unbecoming what I'm not I'm seeing that around me and in my friends and family and in the collective consciousness that we're really being asked right now to get really clear to get really clear in our bodies to get really clear in our in our energetic spaces whether that's setting up uh 
clear boundaries with our relationships, what we will and will not tolerate, what it is that we're calling in, what it is that we are no longer choosing to create or no longer choosing to experience in our life that may be, you know, harvesting our energy or disrupting our peace. I feel like we're being really called to to create more clarity in our life so that we know how to move forward as changes continue to occur. I really feel that we haven't even scratched the surface of the change that's going to happen on the planet. And for me, I continue to get the very clear message that I need to do whatever I need to do to stabilize, to create stabilization within my being. Because moving forward, there are those of us that are holding these really powerful codes of consciousness and our our wisdom keepers for the new earth and there is a time that's happening right now where there's a changeover occurring where those of us who've been doing this work and who've been working really deeply on ourselves and maybe starting to unplug from the matrix that that we haven't been getting paid for our services, we haven't been recognized as the oracles and the healers and the conduits for creation, that we're beginning to be able to see that reversed and that actually those that have been really plugged into the matrix are awakening and realizing the need for, for light workers on the planet and for those of us who are holding this wisdom to share that wisdom to support people in their journeys right now and I know for me I've had to go through waves and iterations of martyrdom and of uh, wanting to save people and things like that and I learned the, the hard way that it actually was just um, another program that was harvesting my life force energy and yes while it gifted me with so much so many lessons and so many different ways in which it allows me to have more discernment now and that's like what my soul is really asking for I'm sharing this in hopes that maybe you can also recognize any parts of you that feel like you want to be the hero or the heroine um, and want to save people and that really it's about us being the embodiment of light it's about us being the embodiment of integrity the embodiment of stabilization and it's actually through our own willingness to dive really deeply into our own work and integrate the things that need to be integrated in our life to allow us to be a clearer channel for spirit to flow through that's actually what is the biggest thing that can support those that are around us that are witnessing us and watching us because when we unlock those gifts and those frequencies flowing through us it's naturally going to ripple out not just to those who are watching and witnessing us but the planet as a whole and that's how each of us can do our own part and creating change in the world that it really comes down to each of us making that choice to be in our embodiment of the truth of who we are
And as many of you know, like I said earlier, I, I work a lot with people around sexuality. And that's one thing that I think that, you know, that doesn't get talked about in our culture around quote unquote sobriety. Okay. And another thing that I've really been challenged by in my life is food. And that's another thing that isn't talked about. We don't talk about how food and sex, you know, can be addictions. And maybe there, are, there's a little bit of talk about it out there, but it's, it's not really talked about. And, you know, I feel like it's because they're, they're really so foundational to our existence. You know, at this point in humanity, we have to eat in order to survive. And I really feel like moving forward in the future, we won't have to consume. I feel like that, that we'll be able to live off of light and breath. But right now, that's not where we're at as a species. And also, you know, our sexuality, that's how we all got here. We all got here because someone ejaculated. And so it's such a primal foundational part of our life. And our our culture doesn't really talk about those things in a way that, you know, that we're utilizing them to disassociate or to numb out or to feed other parts that are actually like really just asking for integration in our life, seeking something from the external to fill these voids that actually don't ever get filled through those ways. And we just keep trying to fill them with pleasure and not to say that pleasure is wrong because there's nothing wrong with pleasure. I feel like through our sensory experience, we're here to experience like all of the pleasures and we will only be able to experience as much pleasure as we are willing to feel our pain. And the more that we're willing to feel our pain, the more we are able to heal. It's through the feeling that we heal and our capacity to feel and heal our pain will be in the same capacity that we'll be able to feel pleasure. And so, yes, in my life, I experience bliss the majority of the time. I'm in pleasure. I'm, I feel like I'm almost like continually on a mushroom trip, like all the time, just in my sober life. And with that comes feeling these waves of pain that come in, feeling them more deeply than almost anybody that I know. But because I feel pleasure so often, I can, I can allow myself to be present with that pain when it comes. Because it doesn't come as often. But when it does, I can be so present with it. And my challenge to myself is, how can I make love to this part of life too? Instead of just making love to the parts that don't feel good you know and there and there's something so powerful about sexuality in that it can help transmute so much pain and and trauma out of our bodies because it's so powerful it's it's our creative life force and that's something that i feel so strongly right now is that for each of us to really reclaim the power of our senses and 
the power of our sexuality as our life force our our sexual system in our physical body is what's creating our reality it's what creates life not just life like a baby life but it's what creates everything it's our creativity and our expression in the world it's our ability to manifest things and abundance and prosperity it's literally how we create everything and so when we really reclaim our feeling our senses our sexuality and we direct it in a way that's actually aligned with what we desire to see in the world and create however that looks for you in every moment which can look different in different times i believe that we'll be able to support in creating more of what we want to see in the world so much more quickly when we reclaim this part of ourselves when we reclaim our ability to create with absolute precision i want to reiterate that that can look different in in every moment you know there's been times that i've been called to take a step back from sexuality and consciously become celibate for like a year you know and i had to like work really hard to do that you know and then there's times that I get called into exploring being sexual with people without having sex with them, but allowing myself to feel the pleasure and the power of that energy and and re-enter into working with that energy and connecting with other people in that way and and having another wave of lessons that I have to learn from that. And I've had experiences where like right now, you know, it's been a year of celibacy, but not because I chose that, because that's just what's happened. And I trust that in every moment, life is always giving me what it is that I need in that moment. And so I just want to give you some questions to contemplate and inquire within yourself what is it that life is asking of you in this now to begin to create a clear channel for yourself within your body your mind your spirit your reality what's asking to be released so that new energetics can come in and fill those spaces that are being taken right now by old energies that are no longer in alignment with the truth of who you are and where you see your life's vision what are the things that are being asked of you to allow yourself to receive right now what visions are coming in that maybe maybe some of them might feel a little big or a little scary for you 
maybe feel a little overwhelming of the amount of things that would need to change in order for you to align with that vision. And I just want you to know that there are many that have come before you that have walked this journey that can support you in in knowing that anything is possible and that when you begin to align more with the truth of who you are, everything in the entire universe begins to support you in that choice to align with your soul. And if you need more support, if you need one-on-one support, I do one-on-one coaching with people and guiding people during their awakening journey, guiding them during transformation. And so I'm here and you can reach out to me. Or if you know someone else that you really resonate with that does the same thing, I just want to I just want you to know that I wouldn't be where I'm at without those who came before me that have walked this path before me and that supported me on my journey. And yes, we can do some things on our own and there are certain things that we can't do alone anymore. The time of the lone wolf is over. It's time to come together and to support one another with the gifts and the skills that we have to make this world a better place. Sending you so much love during this powerful time as we go into this Lion's Gate portal. Many blessings. Thank you deeply to all of